Because <laughs> speaking of things I meant to say, but okay. You feel good? Feel centered? I like the uh, I like the uh, the eighties like lovers answering machine. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and this is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. And we also know, are known to finish each other's sentences. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, let's... Just, yeah, just hit it. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. all right. Uh, hey, everybody. What's up? Uh, you are listening to another episode of the In All Fairness podcast. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Episode two. That's right. The second one is what they're calling it. That's right. Yeah. One to the second power. Yeah, they took a plus poll. Plus one. And that's what they came up with. <laughs> yeah. Took them all day. It's a really good title. That's punch. Yeah, they workshopped that. The second one. Yeah. Mm. They brought in some focus groups. Yeah, they, our marketing team, obviously. Sure, yeah. <laughs> consists of one person. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I am your host, Andrea Bridges-Smith, and with me is your other host, uh, Mr. Mike Bridget. Michael Bridget, yes, in the house. Holla, holla, pop screen Mike. That's what they call me. That's Mike, right. Mike Dynamo. That's right. On stage. A lot of aliases for you. I, well, I have to have a lot of aliases because I'm a lot of people. Well, sure. That's what my psychiatrist says. Yeah, yeah. You, you're working through that. What do they call you when you have that uh, luchador mascot? Mike Dynamo. Oh. No, El Dynamo. El Dynamo, yeah. El Dynamo. Yes, okay. See, El Dynamo. Because uh, you would want something sort of, you know. South of the border vibe. Sure. Well, no, I'm always down with La Raza. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. I am south of the border vibe. Like, I no. live in Texas, live in Austin. Yeah. Do you know that Austin is closer to Mexico than it is to America? I'm sorry. The United <laughs> States. Did you know that? It's like, you you six hours south, you're in Mexico. I did And it would take you more time to get anywhere outside of Texas. I feel like you're about to start a militia right now. Oh, my God. I would love to start a militia. Are you so close? And I say, yeah. You know, I like to think so. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not about guns, but I'm definitely about, like, telling people what to do mm-hmm. and getting them to fight for a cause. Okay. That they may or may not believe in indoctrination. Okay. You know, I love indoctrination. And so you can do that, no guns. It's a no-guns militia. No, 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 no. I'm not going to shoot any guns. Okay. Everyone else can shoot as many guns as they want. Cool. At as many people as they want. Okay. I don't have a lot of faith in my ability to lead a militia. This also sounds a lot like a cult. Maybe a cult if the militia thing doesn't work out. You know, I think... You've got options. Yeah, no, that sounds better. Yeah. You know, that, that sounds better. Because then I can say, I'm God. Sure. Um, I can really sort of push a very particular agenda. Sure. You know, something with comets or stars. Like, yeah. it's kind of all the stuff that I've been into lately. Yeah. If you decide you want a new thing, you can just say that a voice told you, you know, when you were looking at the moon last night, the moon told you that uh, now we're doing this new thing. No, I would say a voice that sounded like Neil deGrasse Tyson, my entire... Sure. My entire cult would be based on things said by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you could have, like, special vests. <laughs> yeah. Special vests. Like, we could have special afros. Yeah. We could have, like, wrestling tourneys. You know, because we really want to connect with with Neil deGrasse Tyson, the man, and then his ascension to godhood. Okay. As we've seen, particularly in the last decade. Sure. Yeah. No, he's huge right now. He's huge He's in blowing general. up. He's, in general, it's pretty huge. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would not fight that guy. It's one astrophysicist I would not fight. The only... Mm-hmm. Astrophysicist, I would not fight. Really, you got some beefs with some other astrophysicists that we need to know well, about. I, I feel like I feel like you know, like uh, Doctor Stephen Hawking, the Hawkster. You know, I feel like sometimes, Ooh, yeah, you know, he be coming off a little snarky with not the robot boys. You not know, like I mean, like like he about to throw some bows or something. Well, sure. Know? And sometimes he like to get dealt with. Sure, talking like that, you know. How but, do we know he doesn't have a bunch of lasers going on how right do we now? Know he, how do we know he can't fight? That's the other thing too, right? Yeah, we kind of assume. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? We've never seen him and fighting in the same place <laughs> at once. That's also very true. That might be very something true. Else. And you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, 
All right, so uh, uh, I wanted to uh, tell you about the gifts that the show has brought me so far. Ooh, gifts. Yes. Uh, so my husband, after the last episode, uh, texted me, Hey, Optic Murder. Uh, which I think was a real high point in our entire marriage. We've been married for eight years. We have two beautiful children. We've been together for ten years. And that was the first time he'd ever called me Optic Murder. And uh, I really felt alive after that. And so that's that's what the podcast has brought into my world. Uh, so wow. I don't know about you, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> Optic, Optic Murder. <laughs> At Cyclops X Leader on Twitter. Optic sure. Murder. Sure. Very yeah. nice. Wow. I would start another Twitter account, but I cannot keep up with any more fucking Twitter yeah, accounts. Yeah, dude, right I have now. like 15 Twitter accounts. Yeah, I'm managing like four different Twitter accounts right now. I'm yeah, but you exhausted. actually manage them. I just like yeah. tweet them peri- tweet from them periodically. Yeah. And then retweet from all of them. Do you have one for each of your aliases? Um, I have one for each of my bands. That's too many goddamn. The Benny versus the Beast. Yeah. I've got the Super Crime, which sure. is currently defunct. Okay. Right? And then I have one for Cyclops X Leader, where I'm just an, there's an angry Cyclops who tweets things, things like <laughs> hashtag optic murder. Okay. And then there's. Uh, Great. And then there's, uh, yeah, there's Mike Dynamo, of course. Sure. And uh, yeah, and then there's still other ones that the, nobody we don't need knows to, about. Yeah, let's keep those on the DL. I don't want those getting out. Secret. Murder. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that we need to talk about is uh, Isaac Newton. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. I think that we definitely should talk Every, about Isaac Newton. Yeah, Isaac Newton. Speaking <laughs> of physicists, Isaac Newton invented physics. Sure. And uh, he lived to be old and died, and that's it. Yeah, and uh, you actually made a music video uh, where you uh, impersonated <laughs> Isaac Newton okay, in a power imp- wig. Impersonated is a strong word. We made a music video <laughs> in which I portrayed the great Isaac Newton briefly in the music yes. video for a song called Gravity. Yes. That was connected with a short film that was about gravity. Yes. To make the claim that it was not actually gravity, it is intelligent falling <laughs> because things fall based on God's will. And we made a video, we made a music video, oh and I wrote a song, which I may have taken too seriously, a Christian song <laughs> about gravity, uh, in which my character, Cough Drop, uh, his name was Cough Drop, gotta talk like this. Why was his name Cough Drop? <laughs> because it's that kind of video. You should, everyone should go and watch a short film from a long time ago. Or I portray Cough Drop and make this video, oh, Cough Drop in his orchestra called Gravity. Yeah. And there's a scene in it where I may be dressed up like Isaac Newton, which you find <laughs> hilarious, apparently. You find hilarious, apparently. Oh, yeah. I, this video has ruined mascara for me because every time I watch it, which has definitely been multiple times, oh, God. or every time I think about it or remember that it exists in the middle of the day... I laugh so hard that I cry, and it's just fucking up mascara for me. I can't wow. even wear mascara anymore. Wow! Because this video is so funny. So, uh, so we may we may have to post that. Yeah, we'll we'll post it. Big ups, of course, to Tate and Dano and Don and mm-hmm. all the people who worked on it. It's, it's kind of old, but yeah, we'll post it. You can watch it, and then you can see literally the best Isaac Newton yes. you've ever seen in your life. Watching this video will be the best way to die because you will be laughing so hard that you won't be able to breathe and then you'll just die. But you'll die very happy. And so that's as ringing of an endorsement as I can give it. Well, you know, while we're on the subject of 
Isaac Newton and physicist uh-huh. would fight zombie Isaac Newton. Zombie Isaac Newton. Zombie Isaac Newton. If zombie, if Isaac Newton rose from the yeah. grave right now, uh-huh. I would like I would fight him. I would beat the shit out of yeah zombie Isaac Newton. Yeah. I would show him. He's been out of game for a while. I he feel is. like you have an edge on him. What with being you, you know, living. You know, I you know I got fast hands. I got sure. powerful light. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And all, all he's got is apples. You got muscle. I do. Yeah. Yeah. He probably doesn't have any muscle tone left he in probably, there. He probably doesn't. Because, you know, he's been in the ground for a good while. Yeah, you know, a few hundred years, yeah, you know, yeah. but that's a few hundred years of experience, I'm sure. Well, he, he's, he's got that on you. He's got that on no you. Doubt. No totally doubt. Fight him. Fight but- him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's hope that that doesn't happen, because uh, it sounds like it oh, could no, potentially it be unpleasant. I'm not the opposite reaction all <laughs> okay. up on his ass. <laughs> Ready to make war, not love over here. It's <laughs> <laughs> all about when it comes to physicists. <laughs> so, Mike, what do you want to talk about today? Well, you know, I want to talk about things that, that matter to mm-hmm. people. Um, and as we've seen just a variety of, of things happening uh, just sure. throughout the media, throughout news. Yeah. Uh, w- w- in particular, you know, I love, you know, obviously my big, I'm the biggest enemy of football, clearly. Football! Uh, football! Football! Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love I football. Uh, yeah. You know, but... We, and we see that, and we mm. see constant things like the you know murders and bad behavior, regular bad behavior football yeah. players. And but how football, I, th- I feel ties into sort of the larger culture mm-hmm. um, is through what we've been seeing, what I've been seeing in, in a variety of you know feminist circles and you know various feminist twi- twitters, twitters that I follow. Uh-huh. Uh, is this notion of toxic, toxic, toxic masculinity? We can edit that out in post. Can we edit that out? Sure. Awesome. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> uh, the toxic masculinity. And, you know, particularly we've seen the hashtag masculinity so fragile. Have you seen that? Yes. And it's been kind of hilarious. Yeah. But I feel like I'm in on the joke. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of guys are not in on the joke. A little bit, yeah. And when you're not in on the masculinity so fragile joke, sure. you prove, like, unequivocally the existence of toxic masculinity. Right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, toxic masculinity... Do you, I mean, do you have a good explanation for it? Do you, do you want me to ride on that? Oh, I feel like I want you to use your lady brain. And I want, uh, you, I want you to lady explain <laughs> toxic masculinity to me. Can you woman explain it to me, please? Uh, I feel like it's, um, you know when people have truck nuts? Yeah. That. Truck nuts equals toxic, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Right, where your truck is an extension of your penis, I guess. Is that what you're really saying with truck nuts? Uh, I, like I my think truck you're is saying like this dick is my truck or this truck is my dick. Yeah, I think you're saying that it's pretty small because <laughs> that's what everybody thinks every time they see those people who have truck nuts. Please know that that's what everyone behind you is thinking. They're thinking about your teensy, teensy penis. Even if you don't have a teensy penis, even if it's a nice big one, they're picturing a small one. <laughs> know that. But toxic masculinity, again, this notion yeah. of, of in order to be a man mm-hmm. or male or in order to be, that there are rules to this game, to this game of being a man. Yeah. And oftentimes these rules are specifically oppressing other groups that are not you, mm-hmm. generally uh, females and homosexuals in particular. Yep. That seems to be the ma- like a major target of toxic masculinity. And we've seen yeah. this 
with, you know, with Gamergate, um, with generally the way that women are treated in any sort of male space. Even an article that I saw that you had posted a couple weeks back uh, in which um, there was a woman talking about essentially how she was treated as a sports writer. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like if, if you're a woman, you're not allowed to talk about men's sports. You know, these billion-dollar industries, you're not allowed to really talk about it or go into these spaces. And if you do go into those spaces and you say something that guys don't like and you're not a ring girl or, uh, you know, working at the front desk or something, then you need to show your tits or get the fuck out. Right. 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 Wrong. 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 Is it wrong? Yes. Masculinity is so fragile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, why is that so threatening? You know, it's like if you're really so big and so bad and so male and so, you know, chopping wood in the forest with your shirt off or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are up to. Uh, Oh, I do. I've been washing my hair a lot. Um, But, uh, you know, the idea that uh, that it's so threatening that you have to like threaten back, like, you know, one of my favorite people in the world that I've never met is uh, Malala, the girl that the Taliban shot in the head, and she survived, yeah. and now she, like, is just a hardcore badass that travels the world <laughs> just doing badass shit <laughs> right. to draw attention to the fact that, hey, maybe maybe women should get an education, too. Maybe you know? women should get an education, Maybe girls too. also should get educated, and it's like... If that idea is threatening to you, that some like that doesn't have anything to do with you. If a woman gets educated, like what does that have to do with you? Now you say that, even <laughs> though we know that there are more women in college than men right now. There yeah. are more women with college degrees running around. Like higher education is is actually a kind of a woman's world uh, more and more year after year. Yeah. Is one thing that we've constantly seen. Mm-hmm. And I I think that, you know, sort of this notion of, again, this toxic brand of masculinity also sort of relates to, again, feeling like you're losing something. It's kind of the same thing that we hear when whenever people start talking about sort of um, white racism. I, I don't want to say white supremacy so much, but this notion that, oh, the immigrants are taking away our jobs, jobs that we don't want. Oh, these women are taking away our opportunities for education. <laughs> oh, these women are invading our spaces and they're, pu- and they're wussifying the sports that we like or they're wussifying yeah. the games that we like. Yeah. You know, and it, it's crazy. It's crazy to me to see somebody like Anita Sarkeesian, for instance. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like I, I watched the feminist frequency um, videos before a lot of, before things got crazy, at least, you know, got so crazy, she had to go into hiding and, and bomb threats and things like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I, too, do not care for the way that women are portrayed in games. I would like to see deeper characterization, and I would like to see more gender parity in terms of how we think about this entertainment that we all enjoy. And how many death threats did you get after that? Uh, I got, have yet to get any, but mm-hmm. but this podcast hasn't aired yet. So maybe, <laughs> when, maybe when people hear me say, Anita Sarkeesian is great, and I love what she does, and I think she's you know one of the most important um, you know people in gaming today and in media today, mm-hmm. maybe then I'll get a few death threats of my own. Well, I kind of hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, if it does happen, I swear to God, I will raise zombie Isaac Newton from the grave and I will send him after you. That's right. He will be your personal soldier. Black magic <laughs> physicist. 
That sounds like a Santana song. Yeah, um, uh, my favorite is when guys are like, uh, yeah, you know, this, my friend doesn't get to go out and play anymore because, you know, his wife keeps his balls in a jar. This idea that a woman can take away your ability to do things. It's like, no, your friend made a choice to stay home. Uh, maybe so that he wouldn't, you know, have trouble with her. Or maybe because he actually likes her and he wanted to spend time with her. And because she puts out and you don't? Well, I mean... There's you... a lot of possibilities, but, sure. you know, it's not always, oh, she keeps his balls locked up in a jar. Well, that's the other I thing, too. I can't have fun anymore. Well, let's, let's go one step further, where it's like, your, your friend made the choice to be in a relationship with someone. Yeah. Who can't, who does not have the same interests as him? Right. Or who does not appreciate what he does, or at least appreciate what you two appreciate? Yeah. And this notion that a again a woman is stopping that someone else is stopping anybody from doing a thing yeah. with anything other than like force or 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 violent coercion. Right. Is a little is 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 kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And I feel that. Everything kind of goes back to this notion of, of shoulds and supposed tos, mm-hmm. right? Like, because the friend is thinking, I have to be at home because my wife will not allow me. I should be here. I'm supposed to be here. And I'm not allowed to go do these other things. And if I tell all these other people who want me to go out and party and stuff that it's her fault, then I look okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Then they don't have to be mad at me. Just be mad about my my wife who's putting my balls in the jar. Right. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm not allowed to do it because maybe she is a, sh- a bit of a shrew. Who knows? Maybe she's a terrible person and she's super yeah. mean and super controlling. But he. But there's this notion that, that this person has to be in a relationship with someone who would control him and not share his values. Like, he made that decision. Right. And he probably made that decision because he feels that he should be in a relationship. Yeah. He needs to be in a relationship. He has to be in a relationship, and that's what a relationship is supposed to feel like. It's yeah. supposed to feel restrictive. It's supposed to feel, um, you know, closed off. It's supposed to be someone telling you what to do. And, you know, 25 years of going to school and being told what to do will oftentimes make you think that that's how people show their love to you. Right. And uh, and it's not. If you're in a relationship where, uh, you know, someone does not ever want you to leave the house and go have other interests outside of them. Or they never come and see your band play. You should break that shit up. <laughs> you absolutely should. Because we see it on, again, we see it on the flip side where we see women being controlled by men. And, mm-hmm. you know, women systematically not being allowed to have friends. Right. Or, you know, not being able to be on the internet. Not being able to do things outside of the house or have hobbies and interests yeah. of her own, who you with, where you at, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, you know, it's never like, oh, he's got her ovaries in a jar, right? <laughs> right? No one ever says that. No one ever says that. Yeah. Oh, no, you know, but we also, but everyone does say that that relationship is going to end badly. They yeah. just say it to themselves, right? You know, no one's always, no people aren't always repping for, you know, their female friends. Whenever that happens, they're like, well, you know, she's in a relationship and we're just used to not seeing her anymore. Yeah. You know, even if it's, even if we know that it's a bad, a bad time or a bad scene. Yeah. Cause it's like, well, we don't want to, you know, get in the middle of all that. We don't want to get in the middle of all that. But yeah. when it's my guy friends, he, she, it's all her fault. Yeah. She's terrible. What, what, cause what that guy's really saying is I'm super jealous that nobody wants my balls enough to put them in a jar. <laughs> that's why I have rough nuts. That's why I bought nuts and put them on my car. Yeah. 
it's sad, really, when you think about That's it. That's jealousy. Like, yeah. I never got, I got made fun of so bad when I got a girlfriend in the eighth grade. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why these guys keep making fun of me, but I, it hurts my feelings and I've changed lunch tables. And, you know, and it was really stressful for me to date this person, to be seen with this person. When in reality, they were only being mean to me because they were jealous they didn't have girlfriends. Right. Which many of them admitted to years later when everyone was more, slightly more mature. And and, like, well, thanks yeah. for telling me now. Right. I really appreciate that. <laughs> thanks for giving me a complex about who I yeah. date and how attractive they are to people I don't care about. Yeah. I'll just carry that around for the next couple of decades yeah. or so. Yeah. I'll just talk to my therapist. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm just kidding. I can't afford a therapist. <laughs> But yeah, but you know, that's, you know, all these, these different underpinnings of this notion of, again, I have to be something that I may not feel wholly okay with being, or I have to do whatever I can to adhere to whatever my dad and my grandfather told me it was like, to what the movies have told me it was like, I have to adhere to this. I need to do these masculine things. I need to take bad advice from my friends. I need to tell a bitch like this. Yeah. I need to, you know, extol the virtues of, of pimps who are, who is this vile profession. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to mind control the woman, get her to have sex with people and bring me the money. And I want to listen to guys who make music saying that they are doing that. Right. And, you know, I, I want, I feel so out of sorts with myself and my sexuality and what I, what I'm capable of that I have, I, the only way I can really express myself is to oppress those who are different than me and those who have what I want, yeah. which is, uh, you know, vaginas and nurturing and <laughs> love, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the opposite. And then, then there's still that notion that you can catch homosexuality, which I still think is very pervasive in the yeah. toxic masculinity realm. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think that's how it works. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I've seen <laughs> some diagrams, and it just doesn't seem to be that, that that's the case. It, it doesn't. So. I mean... So what is, uh, here's a question for you. What does good masculinity look like from a dude's perspective? And then I'll tell you from a, a lady perspective. Well, I mean, I think that, that good masculinity looks like never having to apologize for, for being different, honestly, for being okay with being different, for being okay with being outside of whatever it is. It, it looks like the kind of person who is willing to, who, who is there to support like everyone in his life that he loves. The women in his life, like when she, when she wants, he wants her to succeed and do well and he wants to be there for her and help her. He's willing to hold her purse. He doesn't think that it makes him look like a, you know, that he's, has his balls in a jar because he decides to uh, connect or do a favor or help or support. It looks like, you know, someone who is willing to do his share of work in at the house. It looks like someone who can who can have a superior who is a woman and who can take direction and be OK with that. Someone who can like appreciate experience in whatever form that it takes. Right. So, you know, for me, it just, you know, like excellent masculinity is really no masculinity at all. It's you know, <laughs> it's a gender. Like we shouldn't. Yeah. Like we 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 should. Like I think the goal of any society is to get to a point where we don't need to be, have gender signifiers and gender coding in everything that we do. Like men have penises, women have vaginas, and that should be it. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't even have to be it. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't even have to be it. It's like, if we need to make a baby, we'll find a way to make a baby or we'll adopt a baby or whatever. But yeah. that's the only thing that sex should really be. Everything else, we should just be able to do what we feel is right and we need to be strong enough and stalwart enough in our beliefs of who we are, what we want and what we believe in in order to allow other people to do what they want to do when it doesn't affect us directly. Yeah. That sounds good. Thanks. So for the lady's perspective, what this looks like, basically summed up in two words. Killing spiders. <laughs> really? I don't want to kill spiders. I would like for a dude to kill the spiders. Like for a dude to kill the spiders. <laughs> I hate spiders. I... No, to, that's, that's a, definitely an oversimplification. It so... is, because I like women who kill spiders. So, <laughs> whatever. I only, I like, I'm not even going to date you if you can't kill spiders. We'll be some hanging out in the corner. <laughs> Jumping up on furniture, scream, high pitch squealing, blah, yeah. blah, blah, just waiting for the spider. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, for for ladies, if I may speak for our entire gender. Uh, of course. Which I feel completely comfortable doing. As I'm you sure should. no one will get pissed off You about are this. the queen of ladies. <laughs> um, for me, uh, you know, the, the idea of the killing spiders really is a large part of it. So, uh, I... I can handle a lot of shit, and women can handle a lot of shit, and, you know, I, I have made two people inside my body. Yeah, you did do that, you did do that, that's yeah. right, you did that. So there's not a whole lot that scares me at this point, because I made two people fuck off, you know? Wow. Like, okay. <laughs> I also, like, I used to do martial arts, like, I mean, I'm... Frankly, I'm a badass. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie to you about that. Absolutely. I'm a badass. Everyone can sense it when you walk by. Totally. And, you know, women are badasses because uh, they, you know, everyone's a badass. But women are badasses, you know? They handle a lot of shit, you know, and they, they're taking care of business. And uh, to give you an example of kind of where we need men in our lives okay so let's say i'm at a bar and some drunk asshole comes up and starts hitting on me very sloppily and in an asshole manner truck uh, nuts truck nuts yeah truck nuts rolls up in the bar and wants to get with this um another guy comes up and says oh honey you don't want to talk to that loser it's like Oh, good. Now I got get got to get rid of two dickheads. <laughs> wow. Because that shit was paternalistic. I don't need you to come over and just be like, here, baby, let me solve your problems. No. No. I got shit handled. What I need is for somebody to come over and say, hey, is everything okay? You need any help? Then let me delegate. <laughs> Let me tell you, yes, actually, I would love some help. This guy won't leave me alone. Can you get rid of him, please? And then I will buy you a drink. And then I'm your new best friend, you know, versus, uh, or or maybe I have the situation under control. It's like, thank you. I appreciate the offer. I got this one. I'm not scared of this person. I'm going to tell him to fuck off, you know. And uh, that's that's what we need. That's what the ladies need. We need somebody to uh, offer assistance and be prepared to give it if we say okay, but also respect the fact that we might have it handled. And so, you know, just just be there 
be there if necessary. Well, I, I think you summed it up with the word respect, honestly. Yes. Uh, we go through way too much thinking that we know better than other people. Yes. And we do not allow them the ability to make their own decisions about anything. Yeah. And when it comes, it goes into this like, gender relations or whatever this is where do you need help? Can I help you? What can I do for you? I will yeah. allow you to delegate to me. I will allow you to tell me what you need. Yeah. You know, it, 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 but it like it goes there and it even goes to this. What do I need? What would a person in my situation even need? What am I prepared to do? What do I like? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> who do I like? Yeah. Right. Like we don't oftentimes many of us don't even respect ourselves enough to allow ourselves to answer that question. You know, and I think you summed it up really well with that. But I really also want someone to kill spiders. <laughs> I do not like killing spiders or any kind of bug. Can Anytime I... I have to kill a bug, it's just... Ugh. How about trapping them and setting them free? Oh, no. No? They... No. All bugs must die? I want them murdered. Wow. Like with a shoe. No, like that, a sounds, big you know, that shoe. sounds like Lady Truck Nuts to me. No. You want to, you just want a Delilah, some Samson to come <laughs> and murder all the bugs for you. Yeah, no, I want a, I want a, uh, a knight in shining armor on a white horse to ride in and murder that spider. <laughs> I'll be a man who will kill all your creators. That's good. Yes. That, a real 80s song. Right? That is solid gold right there. So, uh, well, um, that, that was, you know, that was deep. Uh, maybe we should lighten up the mood a little bit and uh, talk about gun control. You yeah, talk well, about gun control? Well, I mean, no conversation about toxic masculinity is complete without a <laughs> conversation about gun control. Yeah, I mean, just, gun control, more like fun control. Let's just elevate the mood just oh a little bit. Oh my God, please. <laughs> Guns are so awesome in movies. Yes. Yes, they are. And they, uh, they get an excellent portrayal in movies. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be the answer to everybody's problem in a movie. Of course. It's kind of like video games, too. Sure. Right? It's like, well, you know, let's make a game where you can interact with the world. How should we interact with the world? I don't know. Kill everything? Yeah. <laughs> what else can this character do? I think, well, Duke Nukem can give strippers money and they show them their boobs. Yeah, no, that's some out-of-the-box shit right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. But usually it just murders people. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, a, a question for you. Uh, do you think that... If we did, like, a thing that the Australians did and we had, like, a, a gun buyback program and we said, you know, hey, uh, if you want to, uh, you can give us your guns and we'll give you fair market value for it and uh, then you get to have money and, uh, you know, there we go. Do you think that if we did something like that, that there would be fewer guns around that could potentially be used for... Uh, these kind of mass shootings that seem to be happening all the time, uh, accidental shootings by little kids of one another or themselves, or suicides by people who are very depressed. You know, there would just be fewer guns around to do that kind of shit. Do you, does that sound like a logical conclusion? I mean, to me, it it does. Like I, okay. the first time I even heard of that was uh, was actually that comedian stand up button. Jim something, I can't remember his name. He has a show Legit on FX, which is a great show. You should totally watch it. Um, but he's Jim Australian. Jim Jeffries? Jim Jeffries, yes. Jim Jeffries, yeah. which sounds like a boxer from the 20s. Um, <laughs> Jim Jeffries versus versus John Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and the winner will take on 
Jack Johnson. Um, but um, yeah, he was, that was the first time I had actually heard that. I had never heard of the buyback program in Australia, especially as a successful thing. I didn't even understand that that was a thing that could be done. Right. Uh, so, which I think is also part of the problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. we don't even have conversations about solutions. But when you bring that up, this notion that if we got rid of guns and people actually were able to get some money if they sold back their guns, do I think that that would lessen the amount of gun violence in this country? I say mas o menos. Okay. I say, yeah, I say it, it, it would half and half. Like, it would lessen it, but would it lessen it enough to where we felt like that was satisfying? I don't think it would. Because I feel like there's too many people who, who, who again, feel that they that they're too connected to their guns. Right. Back to toxic masculinity once again. Mm-hmm. This notion that a real man has a gun. Yeah. A real man can use a gun. A real man carries a gun. And a real man, when he needs to, solves his problems with, with a gun. Yeah. Uh, that is ingrained in our culture to the point where, which is why it always goes back to a constitutional amendment. Yeah. It's always like, well, the second amendment says that I can own a firearm and that I can use a firearm. It's Mm -hmm. never, do I need a firearm or would I need a firearm? Yeah. You know, or how likely is it that I would use, that I would need a firearm? Or do I need an AK-47? Do I need that firearm? Yeah. It's always the second amendment says that I can have a firearm and I'm going to protect that with my life. Yeah. And And as long as that mentality is running through the culture, then even if we in- implemented a buyback program, lots of people would sell their guns back, but lots mm-hmm. of people would keep the guns. Sure. And enough. I feel like enough people would keep the guns to where we would see a, a drop, but I don't think it would be enough. Well, then, then this raises a good question. So, uh, you know, we. I personally think that it would be... Uh, you know, that if we did do some sort of gun buyback program, you know, or any one of another measures, would we prevent some bad things from happening? Yeah, I think so. Uh, should we do it? Absolutely not. And here's why. Because it wouldn't solve all of the problems. <laughs> and if we're not going to solve all the problems, why should we solve any of the problems? We should do nothing. That's the thing. Right. We if should we, do absolutely nothing. We should heal diseases. We should be in trying to invent the golden fleece. That's what we yes, really need to do. Yes. Because it cures all the diseases. Exactly. So, you know, with the whole school shooting thing, you know, the mass shootings, uh, not necessarily at schools, all over the place, they're happening uh, a lot. I think it's safe to say a lot at this point. Great deal. And... Um, you know, it's uh, the idea that, well, we, you know, you've got mental illness going on here. It's not just a gun thing. You've got that. You've got society stuff. You've got this. And it's like, well, you know, and so it's just a big thing. And when you think about it, just gosh, it's exhausting. And I'm just going to lay down for a minute and, uh, you know, not do anything at all about any of it. And, uh, you know, and that, I think that's a great idea because if you can't solve every single problem all at the same time, why would you ever try to solve any of them? I, and, you know, these, this idea of baby steps, those, those steps are for babies. They We're grown-ups. We're adults. Why wouldn't we take one giant step that would uh, magically solve all of our problems instead of these little steps that might slowly start to make things better if we ever actually did anything at all 
ever instead of doing absolutely fucking nothing. Which was what we're doing now. Look, I feel like you're calling me out a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I'm calling and, a lot of people. You, out. you are, <laughs> and not for the idea that we need one big solution, but like in terms of the, I'm so fatigued by this that it's easier for me just not to worry about it. I personally don't treat guns, uh, guns or gun control, as a serious issue in my mind, in my life, in my writing, in my art. It's it's just it has not been. I don't I I don't shoot guns. I don't like guns. I don't really carry guns or believe in guns. And I very much treat the issue as something that I don't necessarily have to worry about. Also, as an African American male, mm-hmm. a lot of times my fear of gun violence is more related to my fear a fear of the police mm-hmm. than it is related to I'm gonna run into somebody crazy who's gonna want to start shooting. Yeah. You know, um, or I'm going to run into a criminal who I couldn't really, who, you know, who I would understand why he'd be trying to kill me. Yeah. And that could, that's just one of those things that just happens. Wrong place, wrong time. I got shot. Right. Like that's my, my fear of getting shot is always that. It's always being in the wrong place at the wrong time, not being the target of a mass shooter. Because, I mean, let's even check our language here, right? When we talk about mass shoot, mass shootings. I'm making quotes with my fingers. Mass mm-hmm. shootings. I can verify that. We're talking. I can see him doing that. We're talking school shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking of like it's very specific places and people who are getting shot mm-hmm. in these places. You know, because people are always getting shot in Chicago. People are always getting shot in yep. Third Ward in Houston. People are always getting shot in a variety of different places. People, you know, unarmed black teenagers getting shot by the police all the time. Right, like that's another thing that's constantly happening. But it's like it, it's scary because the where the where the mass shootings happen, they happen at an army base. Mm-hmm. It'll happen at you know at a suburban school. It'll happen at an elementary school. It'll happen at you know an opening night of Batman in Denver. It'll happen uh, in in Portland or Seattle or where, or where that last the last shooting had, had taken place. And there's a certain level of seriousness that goes into this. And not, you know, I, I do want to totally be racial here. When white people are getting, when white people who shouldn't be getting shot are getting shot, mm-hmm. right? So there's almost two different gun debates happening as far as I can see is the way it feels to me. Yeah. Right? It's like, let's get rid of the guns so that more good white people can't get shot. Or let's keep all the guns so that, um, you know, militias, so that more good white people can stand against the government whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, it's all, we're talking about two different issues here almost because my fears are not like gun control doesn't fix my problem. Right. Like my immediate problem. So it's hard for me to even think about it in a way, in the same way that other people will think about it. Yeah. Cops will still have guns. Sure. Criminals will still have guns. Criminals yeah. who want my money or, you know what I mean? Or, or who wants them and terrorists will still have guns. Yeah. Right. And even though that's not something I worry about, but that's the, like the tertiary, it's the, the, far third thing that I think about is, oh no, terrorists may hijack this plane. Those guys will always have guns. Cops will always have guns. And random criminals will always have guns. Yeah. Right? So when we talk about gun control, for me, it doesn't connect to that issue necessarily, even though I would prefer no one to have a gun. And that's me. Well, this idea that, you know, if we take away the guns, then only criminals will have guns. So we should just make them really easy to get. <laughs> everybody should have a gun. And everybody should just have just a bunch of them laying around. Tombstone, Arizona. It's like, well, do we have to hand the criminals guns on a silver plaque? Could we make them work for it? Yeah. I mean, do 
do we have to make it easy for them? Could we at least slow them down a little bit? Hey, like Chris Rock, right? Bullet control. Every bullet should <laughs> yeah. cost five thousand dollars. Exactly. You know? I hated that guy. And put fifty thousand dollars worth of bullets in him. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see why we have to just, you know, have them so readily available and so easy to get that you know. Any asshole who wants one can just get one. I agree with you. You know? Wholeheartedly. I, I think that we should make it harder. And if that means that uh, criminals still end up with guns, but they had to work for it, I'm fine with that. I would love to put a crimp in a criminal's day. <laughs> Man, it sure is hard to get guns. Yeah. We may have to go straight. Exactly. I would love to fuck with their logistics, you know? Sure. You know, I would love for them to have to stand in line longer at the post office. <laughs> like, that's Whatever fair. it is, like, you know? I, haven't I don't been, want them to have a good day. <laughs> I, I haven't been held at gunpoint very many times. But the times I have been held at gunpoint... <laughs> It was you. It was always like a, it was always a kid, mm-hmm. and he was always calling me the N word. So that is typically where I where I'm at with guns, right? Have you really been held at gunpoint? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, once was a BB gun, but once yeah. was a real gun. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it's scary. Yeah, that's guns are scary. That's fucked up. Yeah. But that's that what, is, you know, that's, that's that life. I, like I said, I would rather people not have guns at all. I recently yeah. shot my first gun. Mm-hmm. Guns, actually. Yeah. Uh, at a bachelor party. It was very dope. What up, Gary? What's up, baby? Stay married forever, baby. Um, and we went out and we shot guns. And I had never shot a gun before. And yeah. I shot the shotgun. I shot awesome pistols. And I shot a World War II rifle. Ooh. Right? And that after, fun. Yeah. It, well, it was, it was amazing because I felt like I was in, uh, you know, Saving Private Ryan. Sure. And it really... But it connects. And did you save Predator? I did not because okay. I can't shoot for shit. And, <laughs> and and the and the target was so far away, like I couldn't even see how well I was doing. I was just shooting it for kicks, yeah. literal kicks, because it would kick into my arm and hurt like hell. Yeah. But it's amazing to feel so connected to history. Is what what I really liked about yeah. it. Yeah. So the because they're they're what I did learn from that as a person who again who's pretty much anti-gun <laughs> is. I did understand and appreciate the sportsman aspect of it. Like, having never shot a gun, I didn't understand how hard it was to shoot a gun. And I thought I did. Like, I cognitively got it, but there's also a part of me, which I'll come back to later, the I've seen too many movies Mm -hmm. and, you know, played too many games, too much duck hunt, right? Where I feel, there's a part of me that feels like I could pick up a gun and just solve the problem in the event that I had to pick up a gun. I would just know what to do with it. But actually having it, this heavy-ass thing in my hand, yeah. this incredibly powerful tool of murder and death, that is what it is for. I don't care what anybody says. It's yep. designed to kill things. Yep. But the sportsman element of it still is like, I'm going, I have to make a shot. My body has to be, you know, ready, held in a certain way. Yeah. My mind has to be clear. My breathing has to be controlled. It's like, it's almost like running. It's like, you know, where mm-hmm. I, I understand that element and I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a mind and machine melding sort of thing. Yeah. It's amazing. But at the same time, I, after shooting guns and blowing through all these, this paper and seeing how easy it is to put bullets, one of which would have killed a regular person. I don't know anybody who would want other people to be armed. I don't know how we can trust other armed people that much like I don't want these things around college campuses or hospitals no. or the street yeah. or around drunken people or <laughs> neighborhoods or yeah. on planet earth <laughs> any outside of any area that is specifically designed for people to have guns I don't care how responsible people are yeah. because I don't trust people that much and like I said as a person 
who has who has been on the receiving end of or the worrying end of gun violence or that time I was offered a gun to go rob a Pally Royal. That was a fun story. Ooh. Where it's like I see these things and like it's like no one should have them. That that it's easy, but it's easy to feel that way because some people should obviously have guns. Well, I mean, you know, my my dad has you know several guns and has for a long time and he's he's one of those responsible gun owners. There there's absolutely a lot of people who are very responsible with it. Um, the the problem is is you know then there's these other people, <laughs> <laughs> and even the responsible people. Do you remember to lock it up one hundred and ten percent of the time, or are you fallible like every other human? And sometimes you forget to put it away. You know uh, when when you meant to. Maybe you had one too many drinks and, you know, maybe you're having a party and mm. you wanted to show it to a friend and you forgot to lock it, but, you know, anything could happen. And the, that's, that's the problem for me is uh, the things that could happen with a gun seem, there's just a lot more opportunities for something very severe to happen, it seems like. You don't get a lot of mistakes with a gun. Right, like when when guns enter do overs. Co- when guns enter the mix, <laughs> yeah, right, like you don't get a, you don't get a lot of do overs. Not right. you know, surviving gunshots while happens fairly often. I mean, it happens. Sure, it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> yeah, know, it's like it, let's not go testing the, or, yeah. the waters on that. You know, <laughs> exactly. Or, or, and the other thing is similar to fights, mm-hmm. right? You know, like there's always this notion that oh, people should they'll let those kids fight and people should just you know, work out their aggression, not in sanctioned fighting arenas or jiu-jitsu class or whatever, boxing rings, where it's like, oh, let them fight, let them fight. People forget how easy it is for someone to get messed up to a level they can't heal from. Yeah. Like, every, like you fall back and hit your head wrong and you've, you've got brain damage. Right. You know, football. You, fall, <laughs> you know, you, you hit somebody wrong and you break your hand and you can't play basketball for years. I had a fat to a friend. Right. He went out and, and you know, some you know, he some guy walked up to him, he's wearing some ridiculous outfit he got from a from a uh, shoot he was on, he was acting in something, <laughs> and he had the shades and all that stuff back in the aughts, you know, and this guy shakes his hand, he goes, Hey man, great outfit, you fucking faggot. It's like, what? And my friend follows this guy outside and encounters him and punches him in the face. Yeah. And broke his hand. Yeah. And couldn't play basketball for like three years with just a broken hand from one altercation downtown. Wow. Like as simple as that. Yeah. You add guns to that equation. Yeah. And, and you, you, I mean, you, you can't even punch each other and have fights without brain damage and broken hands and broken knees. Yeah. I mean, let, forget about, you know, adding guns to every equation when we know there are people who worship different, uh, different gods altogether. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about that Jesus. I'm talking about that, the worshiping this notion of for me to be a man, I have to win any altercation I find myself in. Yeah. Despite the fact that real masculinity means knowing when to walk away. Yeah. That Michael Jackson's, one of his most favorite songs is called Beat It, about not fighting people. <laughs> And we forget that, that, you know, that solving a problem with violence is always a bad idea, even when you don't have any other options. It's still a bad idea. But if you're going to solve a problem with violence, maybe it shouldn't be with something that can put a hole in somebody. Right. (laughs) You know, but but that's where we're at. And there's more than one way to put a hole in somebody. And I get that. (laughs) And, And I think what would be really nice 
is if we could, you know, acknowledge all of the thorniness of this issue and say, you know, okay, this person did a bad thing and that should not have happened. Okay, we can all agree on that. We, we can all, let's start there. Okay. Start there. Okay, so the person was a nut job. So we need to, you know, figure out what to do about mental health in this country. I personally think that, you know, the whole country should get unlimited free access to whatever therapy they want or need or anything. Just free, unlimited, on tap. You pay for that in your taxes. Fuck yeah. Okay. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Andrea said she'll pay that additional 20% in taxes. So everyone can get as much health care as they want. I'm paying for all kinds of ridiculous shit. Yeah. I might as well pay for like that, too. Tag. When I pay for school tax, <laughs> you know I'm sending my kids to private school. I don't trust your schools. <laughs> but uh, I don't have Mike any and kids. all of his kids, don't, yeah. Yeah, all of my kids. <clears throat> but, um, okay, so, you know, the, we, we can agree that this person was uh, crazy. Uh, okay, so we should probably do something Maybe around something. that. Right. Maybe, okay, if you don't agree with me that it's giving everybody free, you know, no, mental no, no, health no, no, care, no, no, no. then that's fine. I, well, but I, let's, can I we, agree with can you. we come, can we figure out, okay, we agree on the fact that, you know, this person had some screws loose. Okay. And, you know, that we should talk about that. And what do we do to make sure that other people don't get those same screws loose because this keeps happening and we don't like it? Can we can we just start from that place? And then, okay, can we can we walk over to, I get that there's responsible gun owners. I get Six. that there's gun enthusiasts. Uh, I don't get why anybody needs to have an AK-47 that isn't in the military. Uh, I, I don't see why... Uh, bullets have to be cheap and readily available. And plentiful. <laughs> yeah. So many bullets. I don't see why we have to have, uh, you know... Guns at Walmart. I, I don't see why we can't ask somebody a few questions before we give them one of these things, you know? Can we at least talk about any of it instead of just saying, nope, well, that sucks. Nothing to, we can do. To your credit, and I, I think I think you're you're really hitting on something with talking about it. Everything that I understand about gun control and mental health is only really talked about by comedians. Yeah. Okay. Because anytime we see politicians talk about it, it's like we need to do something about mental health. We can't fix the guns. We got to do something. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Right. Don't I can't stand people call people crazy. It's dismissive. Yeah. It's dismissive. Even that word, he's crazy. Once we call somebody crazy, then that means that he's one of one, she's one of one, and we don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Right? That's not our problem anymore. Because he's he's crazy. He's got screws loose. Yeah. Right? It doesn't actually dig into who that person is, what that person's problem was, and what we need to do to, to not only make sure that someone else doesn't do that or do something similar, but how can we even help that person? Yeah. You know? And the other thing was John Oliver. Uh, you know, and he did his his big thing on uh, gun control sliding into mental health. I don't know if you, you you actually caught that, but he did a segment on last week tonight where that's kind of what he had talked about. It's like, oh, they always want to talk about mental health and what we need to do something about mental health. And then he went through how mental health works in this country. It's mm-hmm. like, if you want to do something about mental health, great, fucking do it. 
you know. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It, it, the people that are like, oh, we need to do something about this mental health thing. It's like, okay. Let's, let's, okay, let's start what? there. Let's start there. You, you want to put gun control on the back burner? Sure. Fine. Let's move to mental health thing. Yeah. Let's really start caring about wh- how we treat yeah. our mentally ill citizens. Happy in to this talk country. about mental health. Yes. All day. Yes. All damn mm. day we can talk about mental health. All day, all day. But what. Are you are you gonna do? Well, I mean, let you know, again, <laughs> like, let's have that conversation. Yes. Why are only comedians talking about it? Right. That's <laughs> why why, why do I got to tune up, tune into John Oliver and Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock yeah. to get, you know, Jim Jeffries to get, you know, any sort of honest conversation about well, gun politicians control. don't really do truth. <laughs> then what? Then then what are we talking about? What's the point? Politicians don't do truth. They don't do truth because we don't do truth. Politicians are an extension of who we are as a society. If we can't have a conversation about it in our own homes and bars and communities and town hall meetings yeah. and our own Facebooks and internets. If we can't be civil about this and talk about it, then yeah. we can't expect them to do it. Exactly. They only do what we tell them to do. Yep. Even at, even, even at their most autonomous, they only do what we tell them to do. Yep. We vote those people in office. We can get rid of those people if we decide. Yeah. So, you know, the responsibility still falls to us and that leads to my problem. My problem and my call to action for everyone out there is still what can we do as like me Michael you Honestly, Andrea what I can I fucking know but it, it starts but I'm small frustrated. right <laughs> but you're frustrated but what can but like what are those little things that we can that we can do who who are we not reaching out to yeah who are we not saying i love you to yeah who are we getting in fights on the internet with and 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 rather than actually actually having conversation with people that we actually know who are we not hugging enough yeah. who are we you know, who are we not, who are we leaving out of our conversations, uh, just our day-to-day conversations, yeah. right? Like, what are the things that we can do, right? If we really care about this issue, how can we live better lives that lead to happier, healthier, more loving relationships with everyone, including the people that we work with, including the people that we see in the street, you know? How can we actually tr- make positive change in our society and in our system when we don't, when we haven't done that at home, we haven't done that with ourselves when we want to get in these fights in Facebook and you know, and I'm as guilty as anybody. I want to say cynical things to people all the time and I want to shit on everybody and everything that they like. <laughs> and you know, and I just want to, you know, I just want to just truck nut everybody who likes football. Like I'm the anti-football truck nut. I get it. It's your stupid. I get mad about it. Right. Just truck nuts. I'll just want to drag them all over your television screen. Yeah. And I, and I get that and we can all stand to do a little better. So let's, you know, let's, you know, hug your children Tell the people that you love that you love them. Andrea, I love you. I love you too. I don't care how your husband feels about it. <laughs> and, and let's really start having a dialogue and treating people the way that we really actually want to be treated rather than how we think we should and supposed to, right? Rather than, yeah. we, rather than trying to make people do what we think they need to do, let's, turn, let's look in that mirror and let's start making those decisions and let's start being better to the people that we're around, the people in our space. Yeah. And maybe then we won't get shot to go back to Dane Cook, another comedian. I'm going to be, you know, that one guy yeah. that he got a Snickers for when he goes on a crazy office rampage. <laughs> that's for the Snickers. <laughs> and he doesn't shoot Dane Cook, right? Yeah. So that's, that's how I feel about it. Namaste, mofos. Namaste, mofos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, there is a, a lot of ways that you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at InAllFairCast. I love that. 
you can email us at uh, inallfaircast at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on uh, soundcloud.com slash inallfairness. Uh, we're also on iTunes. You can subscribe there through the podcast app. Uh, you can send us your favorite uh, paleo recipes. I do be cooking paleo at home. I mm-hmm. do be cooking paleo at home, but I had Dairy Queen today for lunch. Oh, shit. That's, that was decidedly on paleo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Mike needs to, you know, uh, some, some kind of egg dish if you have a, uh, yes. a recipe for Something that. Something with acorn squash. Send it on over. Yes. Yeah, seasonal vegetables. Oh, please. Something in a cornucopia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I'm Andrea. This is Mike. Thanks for joining us. Y'all have a good night.